Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spacek. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at a at patreon.com slash cinepunks that is c-i-n-e-p-u-n-x you could also go check out our great sponsors like essex coffee roasters essexcoffeeroasters.com offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience essex is committed to accessible quality coffees offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers You don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS, uh, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you will get 10% off at checkout. And if you go to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, they are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. And I am currently wearing an LVAC printed horror business shirt. Nice. All right. Before we get into the setup, I want to set up the episode and let you guys know that Nick is recovering from COVID and I am in the midst of total chaos in my day to day life. So whatever is about to happen is about to happen. And you just need to be along for the ride on this episode, I think. <laughs> That's the only way you're getting one. We just had to dive in. Exactly. Yes. So for the getting to know you moment, it's not really a question. And given our feature presentation today, tell me about a weird neighbor that you've had. So we currently have a weird neighbor. Um, I will refrain from mentioning his name. Um, But uh, the guy who lives across the alley from us has been since we moved in uh, difficult. I will, there are many stories I could tell. Um, I will relate the fact that there was one time I was sitting out on our side porch a couple of years ago, smoking a cigarette and just like hanging. And then I see him, he's playing basketball in the alley and just keeps getting frustrated. And I see him stop playing basketball, go to his house, come back out and then just start snipping limbs off of one of our trees. Hmm. And I, I'm i like, wait, is he doing what I think he's doing? And so I was just like, hey, man, what are you doing? And he mumbles something. And I was like, what was that? And he was like, I keep playing basketball and your tree keeps scratching me. <laughs> and I was like, you can't just cut limbs off our tree because they hang into the alley, man. And I go inside and I, I I tell Tanya about it and she is livid and goes outside and just just choose him a new one. Because essentially what it was is our neighbor, another neighbor had found like a, you know, like one of those set up basketball goals mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It had set it up for like our kids. They have long since moved out, but like our neighbor would continue using it. The tree at the end of the alley has grown over the, you know, almost 20 years we've lived here. And so it kept pushing it out. And so it kept pushing like how he could set it up. And he was just getting frustrated because he's trying to play basketball, but he is legally blind. He can't see for shit. And so like he kept missing. And so the ball would go and he would go to retrieve it and kept getting scratched by like one of the trees in our backyard. And essentially it all got to the point where we have had to send multiple emails to like uh the folks like we bought our house from like tenants to homeowners here in Lawrence like explaining things and discovered in the process of this that he is banned from tenants to homeowners meetings because he wow. has screamed at people so there is a lengthy email thread where we're just like, like I called the cops about this and they're like, do you want us to come out and talk to him? And I was like, I think that would just make things worse. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's usually what happens. <laughs> that's a good call. We just have to ask. And I was just like, no, I just like want this. Like he has like 
gone and like cut limbs off of our trees i just like need a legal record of this and they're like no that's fine we'll we'll note that and it's in the thing and that is just one of many 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 stories (laughs) well you know because you live in lawrence which is a college town i feel like that's where wacky neighbors happen that's certainly i had several living in lawrence i had several weird neighbors when i lived in emporia which is also a college town um I'll keep my weird neighbor to just one of the fun ones because I have some that were a lot less fun too. (laughs) But at one place I lived, I lived next to the gentleman. I can't remember his name, but he was the president of the KU juggling group, association, club, I guess. Um, He seemed nice enough. He was nice enough. His cat would often come over and just come into our house, which was not approved by my cat at the time. Um, But because of this relationship, when he went out of town, he was like, can you come over and feed my cat, scoop the litter box? And I was like, yeah, no problem, dude, I barely know. So I go into his house to feed his cat, and every single thing in the house was purple. Things that shouldn't be purple were purple. And this was in a time before you could really, like, custom order things, too. Just, you know, a little bit on the edge of, you had to either paint that yourself or really go out of your way to get, like, purple floor lamps, purple hand towels purple everything everything in the house outside of you know it was a townhouse rental he couldn't paint his walls but i'm sure he wanted to every other thing it was like paisley park in there but like you know low class paisley park in a rental it was amazing also at that house one day there was just a cooler in front of our door just a little cooler nothing in it and just we just got a cooler somebody just gave us one i guess i don't know it was college towns they're so strange yeah, I there was a period of time where there was one night where my roommate and I got home and like we got a knock on the door and it was just like, hey, can you guys go somewhere else? It was cops. And they're like, can you go somewhere else for an hour? And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess like we'll just go downtown and have a beer. And we come down the stairs of our like little like two up two down fourplex. And there are like three cops in the stairwell leading to the two apartments downstairs with guns drawn pointed at the apartment door below ours long story short we find out that the people who had lived, been living behind us were like responsible for like setting up things where they were basically robbing folks in hotel rooms oh god yeah and one of the people got arrested and the other one lived down there for another month and a half before they no. got evicted. <laughs> yeah like we literally heard like hop 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 like mm-hmm. and like like we're walking outside there was like a full like dozen to a dozen and a half like SWAT team cops raiding the apartment as, as we go down to the bottleneck like to go have a beer we had a similar where we live now um we're in kansas city kansas which you may or may not know is quote not for amateurs <laughs> but our neighborhood is pretty chill with this guy that used to live across the street his name was walt his internet was walt dog that's how i remember his name <laughs> we barely saw him perfectly nice guy know nothing about him but one day i'm walking past the window and i look out and it's dark but his house is surrounded by unmarked cop cars filled with cops and they've got like the guns set up on the little tripod doohickeys on the Whoa. trunk i know and i was like rob come here what the hell is going on are we safe what should we do i have no idea what he did he did not he still lived there after that they did not take him away i don't know i don't know it was weird there was never any no one ever shot a gun or anything there was no it was totally silent no kerfuffle if i hadn't looked out the window i wouldn't have known goodness gracious yeah Yeah. um neighbors are weird especially yeah yeah, casey k not for amateurs lawrence college town you get like we're the we're the austin of kansas um it is a weird place full of weird people sometimes delightful sometimes less delightful i want to hear other people's neighbor stories oh my gosh yes please tell us your neighbor stories that was kipper chiming in if you could hear him about the chihuahuas (laughs) five of them that live next door currently (laughs) i want to hear neighbor stories hit us up online and uh via socials and tell us your weird neighbor stories fun not sad yeah tell us if you've ever you know tried to film a documentary with your neighbors and make a career (laughs) of it (laughs) 
And now it's time for New Nightmares, our roundup of trailers new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. What do we have to start out with? First up, we have a trailer for a movie called Invoking Yell. And I am very sad to tell you that there is no release date listed. We don't know when we're getting this, which sucks because it looks really cool. And it looks like the perfect movie for Nick and I's combined interest in that it is a like death metal movie. And it's in Spanish, and I have a love of Spanish horror. So this is set in 1997 in the south of Chile. A trio of metalhead 20-something girls venture into the woods to shoot a demo tape for their black metal band, Invoking Yell, while also documenting the eerie and unsettling process of recording electronic voice phenomena in the woods for the final track. So it's like a found footage situation, and it looks really cool. Found footage, EVP, Chilean death metal. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, I am into the like, I mean, I'm a sucker for like heavy metal horror in general, but like Mm -hmm. this looks so much fun. Yeah, it looks so good. You guys, you you should seek it out, especially because who knows when we're getting it. So by the time it actually comes out, you will have forgotten that you saw the trailer anyway. (laughs) I know I will. (laughs) So what happens? The poster is really cool, too. Yeah, like that, that like sigil or however you want to talk about it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, so Yeah, excited about that one. So, uh, Prime Video is doing a series of a reboot of David Cardenberg's Dead Ringers. And the tra- trailer is out now. Uh, and in... Instead of Jeremy Irons playing the twins, we get Rachel Weisz. Um, yeah. yeah, this modern take on Cronenberg's 80 thriller features Rachel Weisz playing the double lead roles of Elliot and Beverly Mantle, twins who share everything, drugs, lovers, and an unapologetic desire to do whatever it takes, including pushing the bounds of medical ethics in an effort to challenge the antiquated practices and bring women's health care to the forefront. Um, this all six episodes premiere April 21st on Prime Video. I am super interested in this. I don't know if excited mm-hmm. is quite the thing, but the directing team does involve Karen Kusama and, uh, and Karina Evans. So I'm kind of down. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. Also, like, I just love the idea. Like, I love it when anybody like plays like two roles. Like, mm-hmm. And it looks... I don't know. Like Dead Ringers is not my favorite Cronenberg movie, but I do enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Maybe this will be a good reboot. Yeah. And I mean, like a lot of the Prime series are usually pretty fun, honestly. They like Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos has money and they use it well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next up, we have a trailer for Followers, which is from the producers of Anna and the Apocalypse, if that was your jam. And if that wasn't your jam, this doesn't look anything like Anna and the Apocalypse. So. <laughs> I mean, it's young people and doing young people stuff, but I did not notice any singing. So <laughs> if you didn't like the singing, don't worry. Um, hold on, checking for the synopsis because I had it right in the right spot and then I moved it. Okay. It showcases the over-reliance and social media exhibited by struggling influencer John T. Craig. I don't know if that's really how they pronounce that. It's very British. Uh, his college experience and life with his three housemates is interrupted by his own intense desire for validation through the internet, leading him to live stream the apparent haunting of his new living space. But when the thrills turn all too real and murder is all around them, the friends must band together to make use of the followers. Jaunty has lovingly amassed to stop something even worse from happening. So it's like the little found footage, but mostly narrative kind of a good mix. It looked like, yeah, I uh, I love the fact that like the movie was actually filmed by the people like acting in it, which mm-hmm. seems super fun. Also, it looks like the perfect mix of actually kind of scary and kind of funny. Which I mean, like honestly, like yeah. if you've seen Anna in the Apocalypse, you know it is very uh, comedy on the horror comedy aspect of things, and I absolutely adore that movie. So. Yeah, and we'll get this digitally on March 24th, it looks like, and that'll be like VOD, I think. I'm so, like, 
it yeah. looks fun. It's going to be fun. Also, what looks super fun is we finally have a release date for the Blackening and a trailer. Yes. It will be out June 16th, Juneteenth weekend. Um, it is directed by uh, Tim Story, who did Ride Along and Barbershop. Um, and also uh, directed, co-directed by Dwayne Perkins, uh, who has done work for The Amber Ruffin Show in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just like, man, I am so excited. Like we, we talked mm -hmm. about this uh, when it was first announced and everything. It's just, it's, yeah, we didn't have a trailer then. Yeah. We, we, we did talk about like, you can still like, you can go to comedy central's uh, Facebook page and see the original like sketch. Um, and mm -hmm. it's, Great. but it centers around a group of black friends who reunite for a juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer forced to play by his rules the friends soon learn this ain't no motherfucking game um <laughs> uh yeah it poses the sardonic question if the entire cast of a horror movie is black who dies first uh and the poster says we can't all die first um, yes that's a good tagline if you've seen the short, uh, the trailer hits a lot of uh, those gags um, in it, and I'm very excited to see how this uh, turns out. It looks so much fun. It really does. It looks really, really fun. I'm excited, too. All right. Next trailer is for Malum, which is, I guess it's kind of a sequel to The Last Shift, which I didn't see. Neither did I. Um, so, yeah. Okay. We're on the same boat there. So we'll get this uh, March 31st, and it is that'll be in theaters. Big March, big March. Okay, the plot of this one is, Malum is a bold and expanded... Okay, it's a reimagining. I'm sorry, not a sequel. A bold and expanded reimagining of the 2014 horror cult classic Last, Sh Last Shift. On a search to uncover the mysterious circumstances surrounding her father's death, a newly appointed police officer, Jessica Lauren is assigned to the last shift in a decommissioned police station where a notoriously vicious cult saw their demise years prior. The lone officer at the station, she soon finds herself barraged by terrifying paranormal events and in the process is taken on a journey during which she learns the shocking truth behind her family's entanglement with the demented cult leader. Malum takes the premise of the 2014 festival hit and flips it on its head, thrusting viewers into an unrelenting adrenaline-fueled bloody cult nightmare. Also, it was shot on location in a recently abandoned prison in downtown Louisville, so that adds a little something. Yeah, it looks really creepy and sticky and Cult I don't know. Yeah, like, I haven't, like, I, it, it's so weird, like, I have heard the name The Last Shift, I have never seen it, like, so. No. And I feel like that's one of those names that there's probably a lot of movies named that, so I can't even be sure I've heard about the actual, this one. Right? Yeah, like, it, it's a movie, uh, yeah, like, watching the trailer, though, I'm just like, I don't know, is this, like, my thing? Probably, like, I mean, I, I enjoyed The Void. So, and it has like that kind of vibe to it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm, cults, demons, it's my thing. Single I'm location, a lot of creepy shit. Yeah, bring it on. Uh, although I can definitely say that the Five Devils, uh, a dark feminist fantasy, uh, is 100% <laughs> my stuff. Uh, so, uh, starring uh, Adele Exarchopoulos uh, of uh, Blue is the Warmest Color, uh, The Five Devils is a dark French fantasy thriller that premiered at Cannes, la Cannes last year, uh, directed by Leah Messias. Um, and it is, we have a trailer for it, and in it, Vicky, a strange, solitary little girl, has a magical gift. She can reproduce any scent she likes and collects them in a series of carefully labeled jars. She has secretly captured the scent of Joanne, her mother, for whom she nurtures a wild, excessive love. When her father's sister, Julia, bursts into her life, Vicky reproduces her smell and is transported into a dark and into dark and archaic memories, which lead her to uncover the secrets of her village, her family and her own existence. Uh, and it's getting distributed by Mubi. So I'm kind of hoping it hits streaming at yeah. some point before my Mubi uh, three month dollar trial expires but it will open <laughs> theaters on march 24th what a unique plot i've never heard of anything like that it's so I, know, cool. I, I read a 
book about like that was like kind of like a horror novel about like a perfumier uh that is set in France in like the 1700s that a friend of mine gave me um and it kind of reminds me of that but um this is yeah it, it's described by deadline as a queer witchy thriller part time travel part romance and all heart and I'm like and I love the fact okay. that like time travel doesn't even factor into anything in yeah. the trailer. So I'm like, well, let's see what this has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Excited for that one, too. All right. The final trailer we have for you today is the first trailer for Disney's Haunted Mansion. This is Gateway Horror with Disney Money, uh, directed by Justin Simeon. It looks super fun. The cast is a wild amount of people a wild amount of people it's got it has hold on i saw the list okay here we are lakeith stanfield winona Ryder, tiffany haddish owen wilson rosario dawson danny devito and jamie lee curtis you can't do better than that i don't think it would be pretty hard and the plot is i believe it's based on the ride right so yes the but the the official plot is the mystery In this mysterious adventure, a doctor and her nine-year-old son, looking to start a new life, move into a strangely affordable mansion in New Orleans, only to discover that the place is much more than they bargained for. Desperate for help, they contact a priest who, in turn, enlists the aid of a widowed scientist-turned-failed paranormal expert, a French Quarter psychic, and a crotchety historian. This looks genuinely scary. It does, and... Like I, but I have to assume that if you've got Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito, mm. and Lakeith Stanfield, like it's gotta have comedy in it. Also, it's oh a for sure, but also yeah. legitimately creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be the kind of gateway horror you're gonna want to maybe watch once before you show it to the kids if they're younger. <laughs> I think some could get nightmares. Just yeah, make like, sure. I love the fact that the poster, like, you know, it's got, like, uh, you see, like, Lakeith Stanfield's shadow has, like, an axe. Yeah. Just like, mm, yeah, this is going to be, like, one of those. It's like, the kids are going to want to see it, and you're just going to mm-hmm. be like, all right, um, maybe. Yes, hold on. Let me make sure. We want to make sure that there will be no kinder trauma. We want to make sure that you yeah. will sleep for, like, the next couple of weeks after we see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as an adult who can watch whatever I want, I'm excited and ready for it to come out, which it will on July 28th, which seems like an odd choice. This feels like it should come out at Halloween, but no complaints here. Happy to have it early. Yeah, I'm always excited for like summertime horror. It's nice to just like sit there in the air conditioning and get the shit scared out of me. Yeah, just a good old fashioned haunted house. So. Uh, they announced the lineup for the Overlook Film Festival, for which I have applied for press credentials. Um, uh, and the Nor- I love the fact that it's called the Overlook Film Festival and it's based in New Orleans. It confuses me every year. Every year. Yeah, same. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, it takes place March 30th through April 2nd in New Orleans. Uh, and it will have 51 films, 27 features, 24 shorts from 12 countries. Uh, it will feature the world premiere of Renfield um it will have an opening night vampire ball it will have a 30th anniversary oh. screening of matinee featuring a q a with john goodman and joe dante uh 10th anniversary screening of only lovers left alive a screening of the lodger uh, a silent film from alfred hitchcock a screening of the original william castle the tingler with live elements which i assume means you're gonna oh. get shocked and then it's just got like a ton of and it closes with evil dead rise it's a it's a big lineup man yeah and there's like a bunch of other stuff like there's accused clock godless the eastfield exorcism trim season and we kill for love there's a uh one-man show uh that grady hendrix is touring around how to sell a haunted house as part of it a live performance by squirrel jim jarmusch's band that did the music for uh only lovers left alive including a sidebar featuring new orleans own uh sledge metal band thou nice i like like i wish i could go i know i mean you had me at vampire ball 
on opening night. And I'm like, how can I get Panic Fest to do some sort of a vampire ball without me having to plan it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I want to see Jim Jarmusch play music and I want to hear Thou do their just like, they're as close to horror mu- movie as you can get in a band without actually being explicitly horror movie themed. Um, yeah. Also, some of the best Nirvana covers I've ever heard. Oh, wow. All right. Well, maybe someday this podcast will get big enough that we'll get to go to things like this. That can only happen if you share with your friends, family. (laughs) All right. One last little tidbit. This is just something fun. Obviously, we're all really excited for Scream. And a lot of movies have been doing these kind of unique viral marketing things. You know, we saw Smile put people in the stands at baseball games and things like that. Scream is doing it a little differently in that they're putting Ghost Face in in front of just random live stream cameras in just a few cities. Uh, They did New York. uh, I think they had San Francisco. Just standing there, staring at the live feed camera, looking like the creep that he is. Just Ghost Face being creepy. As someone who will occasionally check in live feed cameras in cities that I like, I can't imagine how hard I would have popped for seeing Ghostface. I would have been terrified, excited. That would have been really fun. I love the fact that one of them is in Cripple Creek, Colorado, outside of the <laughs> casino. Yeah. Uh, speaking of weird viral marketing for Scream 6, have you seen the Reno 911? Uh, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this happened I think I think it was yesterday. So like I just like watched it like an hour ago. But basically, uh it's got Jim Dangle, Trudy Weigel, and Gar- Officer Garcia in the conference room talking about a slew of killings. And then they find out they're in New York and they're like, ah, oh, that's fine. And then it ends <laughs> with uh Trudy Weigel getting a phone call and it's like, Do you like scary movies? And uh yeah, it was one it's it's brilliant. It's great. Like I, I love the fact that that means technically Reno nine one one is part of the screen reverse. So yes, I'm like ah, it's canon. It's on video. I'm gonna have to seek that out. Highly love that. Yeah, I'm very excited for that movie, and I'm trying to figure out a way to shunt it in before I go on vacation. Yeah, I'm gonna be squeezing it in after I return and before we record again. <laughs> We're going to try to prove the supernatural. We're going to need some kind of visuals. People won't believe it. Start over. Something happened. But what do we think went wrong? believe part of it was real this city was designed according to this tablet maybe these gateways to other dimensions are actually all around us you can catch it in scientific terms it doesn't really matter i don't think anything is worth what happened you don't think that has anything to do with what we're doing downstairs Quite in dangerous uncharted territory yet. I'm gonna try to eat it. I have this all wrong. now it's time for our feature presentation this episode we're talking about something in the dirt directed by aaron moorhead and justin benson nick what's it about 
When neighbors John and Levi witness supernatural events in their Los Angeles apartment building, they realize documenting the paranormal can inject some fame and fortune into their wasted lives. An ever deeper, darker rabbit hole, their friendship phrase as they uncover the dangers of the phenomena, the city, and each other. Yeah. Now you and I both saw this, I think, on its festival run, right? I didn't i saw it earlier i saw it like late last year before not okay. quite festival related but yeah i uh, like right before like it hit like a wide theatrical release mm-hmm. like, which is you know kind of <laughs> wide release for a benson and moorhead movie yeah is is, is a relative term but exactly it, it's green in theaters and now it's on Hulu. Yeah, you can watch it right now. And hopefully you have before listening to us. Although I don't think I don't think it's one you can really spoil. No. You'd have to know what happened, and I don't know that I do. And I think that's a very accurate way to describe like every Benson and Moorhead movie. Yes. It's like, listen, like I can tell you a bunch about it, and they're still going to I'm still leaving out 50 to 75 percent of everything that's in the movie that you kind of have to see to understand even what the spoilers are about yeah i mean these guys are just playing a different game than i'm even equipped for as far as the the subject matter they cover it's like sort of sci-fi but in a way that i don't sci-fi is not my thing at all but i like the way they do it because it's like there's sci-fi and there's math and all this stuff, but then there's also relationships and, you know, people being people, which I think is what's key. How many of their movies have you seen? It's funny because when we decided to do this movie, you said, it'll be good. We can talk about their whole catalog because we've seen so many of them. And I was like, I've only seen Synchronic, actually. <laughs> but because we pushed back, I got time to watch the whole catalog mostly just this past week so now i have seen resolution spring the endless synchronic and something in the dirt it's but i have lot. not seen their vhs segments it's it, and they've the crazy thing is that they've also produced two movies we've both uh i think we've both seen and mm-hmm. talked about vaguely on the show after midnight and she dies tomorrow mm-hmm. um they if you like having your head fucked with, like yeah. I feel like they are the folks to go to, and they've also, uh, I guess, more in famously for folks who might not be familiar with their films, they did direct like I think two or three episodes of the Moon Knight series for Disney Plus. Right, I was gonna say that I thought they had gotten looped in on some superhero stuff, but I didn't want to be wrong and say the wrong franchise, and I would have been because that's not what I would have. <laughs> And the upcoming second season of Loki, which like okay. I feel like if you want if you want people who deal with like weird fucked up perspectives and like time and perception of time, like they are the perfect people to go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really cool about this one, I mean, it's not unusual for them to be in their movies, but it's just them. It is just them pretty much exclusively in the movie it, this is obviously a covid movie yep. it's what they did when they were bored with you know on lockdown and you know maybe did it as well or better than most everyone else who did it definitely as well maybe better um so yeah just the fact that they can be in them like first of all they're writing these mind-bending concepts directing editing starring it's wild it's so insane because yeah they shot it in justin benson's actual apartment uh during the 2020 covid lockdown it was a crew of what does wikipedia say 12 people um and it's just it is a movie that 100 leans into like a lot of their movies sort of the idea of perception and like the not just like viewing stuff but the way you interpret it or the way it can be interpreted because Mm -hmm. like this is you know how how what is happening how do you feel it is happening how do they feel it's happening and it's in like found objects 
feature very yeah. heavily in all of their films as well. Like it is a continuation of themes, but it's like a distillation. Mm -hmm. And it's layered perception because it's not just like the strange phenomena, the perception of what is the strange phenomena, what is happening with these objects, what is going on. It's also like the perception of L.A. One neighbor is like, I'm ready to leave. There's no dream left here. The other neighbor is like, we can still make it. We are make this documentary. We're finally going to hit big. You know, so there's just this uh, coming at it from two different angles. And then also both characters have like secrets about themselves that are hidden for various reasons. And, you know, uncovering those things and, and also, you know, those provide a lens through which they are seeing the phenomena and what it can or cannot do for them and how to interact with it. And it's it. I feel like it's so pr appropriate that like one of the characters, John, played by Aaron Moorhead, like is like a member of like a weird church, which mm -hmm. ties very nicely into Resolution and The Endless. Yeah. Um, in that like th there are themes that they revisit in multiple movies, but like they're never like they're looking at them from different angles and everything. Like, even though like the endless is essentially like a, a, a sequel to resolution. Um, mm -hmm. Like you can watch the endless without ever having seen resolution. As a matter of fact, I didn't see resolution until like a solid, like five years after I saw the endless. And while it offers up, like it lets you, you know, see some fun stuff about it. It's still like you can enjoy both movies on their own. Yeah. Yeah. I watched them so close together and I actually didn't know that they were going to tie together because I just didn't look into it at all. I was just like, I'm just watching the catalog in order. And then I was like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. This, that's why. Okay. I see now. I understand. I don't understand, but I understand a little. And it's, it, they're just their movie. I feel like it's almost impossible. Like, and I think this discussion is like, sort of framing that perfectly it's almost impossible to discuss a benson and moorhead movie without discussing their other movies and it's mm -hmm. like all of the movie they and then there's like spring which is a whole almost, different thing it's a whole different thing it's spring is like whenever somebody's like i want to watch like a horror movie but that has romance in it and i was like watch spring yeah like you you haven't heard of it like go watch it like it touches your heart but there are also parts of it that are just like they to me are like two of the people who get like the whole cosmic horror thing and mm -hmm. do it but it's not like connected to lovecraft at all it's just like yeah we're gonna make movies that like where we're just, like it's things that are so big that literally like trying to comprehend it like breaks your brain yeah like when you think about in so many Lovecraft stories, his description of the monster is you can't even imagine it. It's too scary. You can't even imagine it. And you're like, well, that's kind of a cop out, but okay. But like, that's what they're actually doing somehow without saying it. Like, it's a concept. It's so big. You can't wrap your head around it. And that's what's scary about it. And and that's the thing about watching. <clears throat> Pardon. That's the thing about watching something in the dirt is that it is a movie where there are so many ideas and that's kind of what makes it like the perfect sort of like movie to come out of covid is that like it i feel like everybody went down their own personal rabbit hole during mm -hmm. lockdown where it's just like this is the thing that i'm going to get involved in and be it you know like weird wikipedia things or a reddit thread or i'm going to learn everything i can know about bourbon or you know yeah or, that was actually my backup getting to know you question. What's a weird rabbit hole you went down? <laughs> but yeah, like it, I just feel like this is the the sort of um like the nth level of like what happens when you can't go anywhere and you've got this weird thing in your literal backyard underneath your apartment building. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like you just have the internet and nothing but time. And, you know, even though it's clear that this movie was made during COVID, it's not set during COVID. Like, they're still living regular life and whatever, but they're just kind of part-time bartending photography. They got a lot of free time. 
Yeah. And there's... not a lot of money to go do things. So they're just in that rabbit hole. And what's great about it is like, you know, there's something weird going on in L.A., but they never directly address it. There's mm-hmm. just like there's things that are happening. Yeah. They there's kind of sirens off- a lot of nights. Yeah. They offhandedly refer to things. You know, there's like smoke in the distance and things like that, where it could just be like hill fires, but it could also be something else. And there's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a there's a sense of tension. Yeah. That is Which, never like I think it's so omnipresent and they're so used to it, like they don't even need to address it. It's just like, oh no, it's a thing. Yeah. And you know, given that we all went through COVID, like you you don't have to address it. You're like, yeah, everything's just tense always now. <laughs> so it is this constant tension of like, I don't know, something's going on. I feel tense about it. What could it be? Why is I don't even want to I don't even want to know <laughs> what it is anymore. Insert Leslie Nope, everything hurts and I'm dying memes. Yes. <laughs> uh no, like this is this is a movie um that I'm like I'm always excited to see what they do next. But like this, like it's such a it it because it's made with just the two of them and on such like a small level, it just feels like it's it's they took everything and just like distilled it down into like this perfect thing like up to and including like the score is jimmy laval from uh the album leaf who's done like so many of their other things and it's just like Mm -hmm. the people who like the the trio i guess making like this movie that's just like if you get what we do here's the purest version of it yes and you know I'm not even I'm not even mad that I never know what's happening in their movies or, you know, like ultimately I'm like, I don't know what was going on and that's OK. I don't think I wanted to explain like I could go look up explainers and maybe they'd be right. Maybe they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't. But I don't want to know. It's fine that I don't know. That seems right. Yeah, I feel like all of their like in what what's so great about that is it means you can go back and rewatch these movies and have like a totally like depending on where you are in mood or life or whatever like you can rewatch any of their movies and i've rewatched the endless like several times and resolution mm-hmm. several times and like every time i watch it i have like a different perspective on it and enjoy it thoroughly even knowing what's coming yeah yeah which is why our recommendations for what else you should watch is the entire Benson and Moorhead catalog. Yeah, which pretty much. can be found pretty easily. Resolution's on Shudder and Roku. Spring is on Shudder. The Endless is on Peacock. And Synchronic is on Netflix, but also through your library apps like Canopy and Hoopla. And you can, if you want to explore their Marvel stuff, you can watch uh, Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. Um, I can't remember if VHS uh viral is streaming anywhere if it is oh, yeah. it is probably on shutter um seems right uh and i recommend it. it's maybe not my favorite actually vhs viral is my least favorite oh, oh no. <laughs> and, and uh uh you can uh watch that on oh that is on hulu as a matter of fact um oh or pluto um it is my least favorite installment of the vhs series despite (laughs) uh benson and moorhead's uh interaction but um they're they all have their their moments yeah and also they seem like delightful people every time i've seen an interview or anything or like them intro a movie because when synchronic played at panic fest i think it was one of its early showings and they sent along a video to go with it and the same with something in the dirt it was the secret midnight not really midnight showing at chattanooga film fest and they just they just seem like cool dudes yeah i've uh i've gotten to, i got to interview them when it got its theatrical release back in november and i've gotten to interview jimmy laval as well and they're all just like super people who like really enjoy what they're doing and mm-hmm. like they're they're thoughtful but they're not like pretentious pretentious about it at all no no, no. yeah good did they have like the I should have looked this up, but maybe you know, maybe you don't. Like, does one of them have like a physics background? Not as far as I can tell. I think they're just both like very curious guys. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
maybe if you're a physicist, you're going to watch these things and be like, none of this is possible. And that's probably true. That's why it's a movie. But yeah, you should totally watch all of them. Yes, for sure. All right. I'll be right back. It is time. What do you got coming up? Uh, well, uh, we are going out of town a week from yesterday while we're recording. We're going to Duluth, Minnesota in March uh, because we're psychopaths. Uh, <laughs> and so that's I'm trying to frantically finish a bunch of stuff before we leave um and yeah that's pretty much it like i've got like some books i want to read and things like that but like i mean i honestly like my entire thing is like making sure i hit all of my freelance deadlines before we leave town and after covid it is a whole thing um unfortunately uh but i mean during covid i watched like 15 movies um if you want to like if you want to have uh, fun and see all of the movies I watched while I was on in COVID lockdown and totally spaced out of my mind, uh, go to Letterboxd. I am from and inspired there. And you can see all of my strange viewing habits. <laughs> uh, what do you have coming up? Well, I have I plan to watch one movie this week if I get to it, hopefully, which is I want to see. I want to watch We Have a Ghost on Netflix. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Same. And then I'm going to South by Southwest, where I hope to catch a few things that aren't out yet. But I don't know. I'm trying to stay real loose about it because I have not been to the movie side at all. I went to the music side exactly 20 years ago, (laughs) which is a weird anniversary to have. Um, Also, I was working at, at that time. So neither time have I like paid or chosen to go. I mean, I've chosen, but not like paid to go as a, just an average person to South by, but I'm excited. I think it, it's a whole, di- it's 20 years later and it's a whole different kind of entertainment. So it should be interesting. I've only got the weekend there, but hoping I can take in as much as I possibly can. You will be able to see my coverage at downrightcreepy.com. I'm very excited to see what you managed to get your way into. Yeah, that's, I'm told there's lots of lines and waiting. So that's what it was on the music side the last time I went, which was 14 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's only gotten worse. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I love crowds. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Very nervous about it, but it should be fun. So um, I think when you hear this, I leave the next day so you can follow along with my adventures. I don't know. Maybe I'll tweet about it. Maybe I won't. <laughs> So if you want to support the Carnage Report, uh, we've got stickers. Uh, email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like one, we'll give you an address to which you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope and we get it. We'll slap a sticker and send it back to you. Or if you see me out and about in public, or if you see Juliet South by Southwest, uh, she'll probably have some. So. Yeah, my sweet husband put one on his car. Isn't that nice? What a supporter. Uh, I'm I'm waiting until I get my new car later this week. Oh yeah, that's the one thing that I have. I'm buying a car this week. Um, oh yeah, so exciting! Used, but new to me. Um, yeah, put a sticker on it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Carnage Report. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. As mentioned, you can email us at CarnageReportPod at Gmail, and we would love to hear your thoughts, your suggestions, your weird conspiracy theories about shit that's going on in LA or anywhere um reach out find us talk to us all music featured in this episode is by my brother Steve Spacek who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at notter.bandcamp.com Julie where can they find you on socials I am dark humor girl wherever you're looking mostly Twitter Instagram and also letterboxed and what about you I am on the Twitter at Nuthouse Punks. I am on Instagram at Nicklaus Mouse. And uh, like I said, on Letterboxd at From and Inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. 
And we'll be back with another roundup of the latest news in horror. And we will also be talking about Scream 6, directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillette. Is it Gillette or Gillette? I got two French in it. And that's in <laughs> that's in theaters March 10th. You want to tell us the tiny, tiny synopsis? In the next installment, the survivors of the ghost face killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. New York, new killers. Yes. That's all you need to know. That's we're all going to scream, guys. There's no no need to pretend we're not. Yeah. I think we're all going to go see it. I'm very excited to cram it in. Uh, like I'm hoping nobody fucking spoil it. Um, no. Like, I don't want to know anything. You're stay off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks our thoughts and everything on scream six until then thanks for listening thanks for listening bye-bye bye